There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode of Bubba and the Bloom, episode 58. Going to talk about some ground ball and fly ball gainers from last season to this season and see, does it matter? That's going to be the fun part about that one. Talk about some recent news and notes as well as our weekly game and see who's taking care of business there. But before we get to all that, you can find myself on Twitter at BDentric, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host is always on Twitter at Ryan BHQ. Ryan Bloomfield, how we doing, my friend? Yeah, we don't need to bury the lead. We know We know who's dominating. We know who's dominating and probably paying our round of golf in Arizona. There's there's some time, but you're you're there's doing like quite four well months for to yourself. go. It's 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 those it's those five different daily podcasts and shows that you do that <laughs> is uh, is me, the advantage. Keep me in tune. Keep me in is tune. the advantage over me here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. See how this weekend goes. But we'll get to that soon enough. Um, we'll get to some news and notes here to kick things off before we. Talk about a fun bloom board that's a little different than the huge. And I think it'll be a fun kind of open our mind conversation. If that makes sense to yeah. anybody out there when we get there to instead uh, so of looking at numbers to uh, actually does it matter type situation. But let's talk about a little bit of news and notes here. We'll start with the Tampa Bay Rays as Tyler Glass now is expected to make his uh, debut this season for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I was actually surprised it was this soon. I was expecting it to be later, but um, he's starting on Saturday. He's looked really good in his last two rehab starts. And um, he's going to slot right into a rotation that could use a little depth at the moment as yeah, McClanahan, Eflin, Josh Fleming, Taj Bradley, who's still there. But it looks like Glass now is time to shine. So how uh, how are you excited about this, maybe in a fantasy viewpoint? I mean, I'm excited. I mean, he's on a per-inning basis. Glass now is freaking awesome. And so we want to see the best pitchers pitch and make them healthy. So uh, from that aspect, it's good. Not really much like fantasy wise, you can really do. I checked before the show; he's hundred percent rostered in fifteen teamers, twelve I, teamers. I checked when I was making my pitching pick. I'm all, just in case. I'm like maybe like just people dropped him everywhere. Who knows? <laughs> Even in um in main event fifteen teamers, he Glass now seventy four percent. I think started. So I think that speaks to more of the pitching landscape than anything yep. else. Because uh, like last now, you did mention the the rehab assignment. Look, he did look good. Twenty Ks, five walks, thirteen innings, four starts. But don't think he's reached like seventy pitches. So I, I don't think I think the kid gloves are going to be on for 
a little while, but um, I mean, you start you start him in everywhere, especially uh, starting next week. So it's funny that they had to. Uh, we were talking about I don't know a couple weeks ago. I forget which board it was. I think oh, I think it was our trifecta episode with Yanni Chirinos, who was just like so wildly lucky. He had like a two twenty something ERA at the time. Uh, the Rays are smart. The Rays uh, demoted Yanni Chirinos and his sub two fifty ERA last week to make room for for Glass now. So um, smart team. Even though like there's not much depth there, man. There's not much depth. They no, need Glass now. They need him badly. Healthy. Get him badly with, with Rasmussen and Springs and all those guys pretty much dunskied. Uh they need him in a big, yeah. big way. I mean, it's they just... had a rotation in on the IL. I mean, Rasmussen yep. Springs, Shane Boz, and uh and Glass now, like that'll play. Yeah, you had you had Ryan's raise. It was pretty impressive. Um it, if we if we want to get like specific here in his last rehab start, it was six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, six Ks. But like as you mentioned, while I was looking it up, sixty-seven total pitches. That was his highlight so far so maybe 75 to 80 like you said because it is the raise they will go kid gloves in a heartbeat and i've mentioned it on other shows before i get confused on which one it is anymore but um like they've come out and said it and usually mcclanahan's the one exception to the rule but it's pretty much they want to get you out of there between 80 ish to 85 pitches that's like their their formula in tampa bay and you've seen it and even the other night uh mcclanahan's last night he went seven innings, strong innings 82 pitches like most guys would have kept yeah. going after that. So they are definitely like cognizant of we need these guys for the entire season. We're the best team in baseball. So if we can get 80 good pitches out of them, we have a good bullpen. We'll make it work. So like you said, glass now might be actually full go for race standards to, on Saturday, but not for our standards per se. And speaking of McClanahan, holy hell, man, that like, that's a, that that's an L for me. That's an L for me. You and me he has both, been but, so good. Yes, but okay. Here's here's where I want to at least give us a little kudos to our uh, like he's been great. I'm not going to deny that. But let me pull up his page because I was looking into him for uh, a column recently. So one nine seven ERA, one nine seven one nine seven ERA three five six xFIP. So still very very good. The yeah. thing that got me nineteen point four percent K to walk. So it's just about where we want it. The guy that was dominant last year was way, way higher than that. So he's still doing great. I'm not going to say he's not. He's been awesome. But, like, the lack of Ks slash the still the walks situation makes me wonder if he's still got something going on. That's my only concern. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I'm trying to give myself a chance, like a, yeah, a, like a reprieve. You're, stu- you're, you're stubborn tonight, man. Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. Like, no, it's true. I- it, 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 from your, you, you, you do make a good point. He's been, I would say, very good from a skill standpoint, whereas first half Shane McClanahan last year was like ridiculous, otherworldly. So. And I, I, the, the other thing I would say, and we don't need to go on and on about him because he's, like I said, very, very good. But what I wonder is, is it because the landscape is so bad right now? We're like, this is freaking amazing with Shane right. McClanahan right. instead of like, oh, he's doing good, but like how good type thing. So that's my only want to throw that out there just to say don't beat yourself up it is only may 25th on this one all right los angeles dodgers this is going to get real fun this weekend real fun because gavin stone will make his second start and for those keeping track at home gavin stone you can make all the stone jokes you want and it's been rough for him like we've seen the minor league numbers the expectations were through the roof came back up here for a second start it was atlanta we kind of joked it was at atlanta he's got at tampa bay this weekend 
but four innings, five more in runs, only one strike. He's only got one strikeout in both starts, five walks this last time. It was not great. And I know, again, it was Atlanta, but still not great. You got Bobby Miller, who came out, and a lot of us, I know I have, I think you have. I don't want to speak for you. I've always thought Bobby Miller's the dude I want over Gavin anyways. This is the guy. Well, he got his call finally because of all the uh, injury situations in Los Angeles. He went five innings, four hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. That's kind of what we're looking for in this situation at Atlanta. The last thing I'll mention before I give you the floor here, Michael Grove is rehabbing, and he actually started the season in the rotation. So you'd think they'd be like, oh, let's get him back in the rotation situation. So all of this long-winded situation comments I'm making here, Ryan, you have Gavin Stone, who has to basically play for his job Sunday, it feels like. Yeah, Bobby Miller, who will be a massive fab target Sunday. And then you still have Michael Grove coming behind. How do you see this playing out from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, it It is open auditions. Absolutely open auditions, but probably for like a temporary role because I mean, Julio Urias, it doesn't sound like the, his hamstring injury is that serious. So that spot's coming back up. Obviously, Kershaw, I believe his mom died, yeah. um, unfortunately. So that's obviously very temporary, even though he's not listed in the rotation uh, right there. So it is it is open season for auditions. I mean, if you're telling me to like, if you're asking me to like rank these guys, I, I, I think it's Miller and then like, a Grand Canyon size gap uh, down to Stone and then Grove. Uh, Grove, like Michael Grove, has 45 innings of a 596 ERA in the majors between this season and last season, not missing bats. Like walk rates semi high. I, I don't really like the long term outlook there. Gavin Stone is a Stone's throw away from going back to the minors because, like, just hasn't hasn't been good. You mentioned the control. Like, I, yes, he yes, it's Atlanta, but like, you walk five guys against anybody. I mean, that that's five walks, and I don't know. So I think Miller's in the rotation. Um, I mean, he looked he looked he looked fantastic against Atlanta. Didn't didn't have like the whiffs and the CSW that you might yeah. want, but like, it's Atlanta in his first start. Like, that's a yeah. I think it was on the road. Yeah, well. it was in Atlanta. So, it was, I'll take every bit of what he did. Like, yeah. Every bit of what he did. And so. what we're kind of talking about here is one of these three guys will get the Dustin May role, which could last for the rest of the season potentially. So mm-hmm. that's what you're that's what you're garnering for. The second guy will get the Julio Urias role that'll last maybe another week or so. Because like you said, he's supposed to throw a bullpen session Friday or Saturday. If that goes well, he might not even need a rehab start. If not, he'll get like one rehab start. He literally could be back by like a week from today into next yeah. weekend, something like that. I think their target, I think, they might be the team playing in New York first weekend in June against the Yankees. They're targeting having him back that weekend. So you get maybe one more stone start, one Grove start, something like that. Um, so you are literally out of these three, what we're talking why, why I brought it up is this is the guy that's going to take Dustin May's spot. And I think it's Bobby Miller. I'm hundred percent with you on this. That's the guy I want. I just wanted to bring it up because people are going to be like, Oh, Gavin stone. Like, Cause that was the name. That was like the first guy up, but don't forget Michael Grove. That's it's, it's a, Interesting situation in LA. That's all I'm the, say. the stone thing specifically is really interesting because yes, he wasn't as high of a prospect as Miller. I know Fangraphs had Stone, I think fifth or sixth in the organization. Miller second. I know HQ had Bobby Miller second, so like he wasn't to Bobby Miller's level. But like Gavin Stone this season, uh, I got really excited over the spring training numbers and that sort of thing based on how he ended 2022. It's been pretty bad in triple a 
even for Gavin Stone. So like, I, I don't know. Uh, I think he's just trying to work through some things. One name that he, he can't seem to get healthy. He feels like he's been rehabbing forever and ever, but Ryan Pepio, I think if you're looking at like a deep, deep stash in the second half, um, that's someone who is interesting to me, maybe even more so more than Gavin Stone. I'd have him behind. I'd have him behind Miller. Yeah. Yeah. So with you, that's a good, can't seem to get healthy. I think he actually just had a setback. There's an oblique issue and it, Sounds like we're looking at all-star break, um, but I don't know. Uh, that's a that's kind of a dark horse name. That it's a good dark horse me. name though, because like some things we've talked about on recent shows is kind of like we say speculating, but um, it's one of those. Pepio was actually drafted in a lot of leagues. Like if we're talking an NPC, so he's yeah. out there. Like if you're just paying close enough attention, and you want to be like a week or two earlier than everybody, you could get him for a buck. And those are the kind of things that could be like tremendous when things go farther down the road. So that's a good, good point. Yep. Um, actually reading this one. Okay. Here's an update from Maze well, a week ago, but Ryan Pepio was out since the industry training with an oblique injury on the 60 DIL. Um, he's supposed to start a rehab potentially soon. It says, so that is something he's still feeling soreness as an oblique and is likely out until the all-star break. Like you said, okay, yeah, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be some time, right. but I don't know. Remember the name. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call though. Very good call. Uh, I just want to bring up a quick one here. Logan Webb was supposed to start on Thursday. Got to start pushed back to Saturday. He was he's been dealing with some lower back stiffness. Um, just gonna say this was a thing that was a concern going into the week. So I know like even some smart players didn't even start him in NFC this week. I wouldn't be shocked if he just they skipped this start. To be honest, like they have no reason to push him right now. Uh, he's he's been their dude. Don't break him because it's somehow, somehow, some way the Giants are doing this to me again. They're being competitive right now, and it's annoying me. They're being very competitive, and they can't not be competitive if they don't have Logan Webb. So yeah. um, uh, this it's one of those, like, if he's got a little back issue, just kind of power on to the next time. So and you just hope it doesn't, like, I, I don't know. Has he had this in the past? Because I think of, like, think the so. CJ Crone example where, like, it happened in the it happened last year. It happened this spring. And then everyone got all worried. And then he was fine. And then it came up again. Now CJ Crone's on the IL. Uh, I just worry about, yeah, like, and we don't know how serious it is, whatever. But it, this coming coming back down the road. Uh, for God, I didn't even mean to say that one. But uh, proud of you. You've been on fire tonight, my friend. No, that's, well done. It's not good. You and Brooksy, you, you and Brooksy, this is good stuff. Um, Kyle Hendricks made his debut on Thursday. They pushed Jameson Tyon back a day, and Tyon could definitely use that because it's been a rocky road for him as well. But uh, Kyle Hendricks, first start of the season, and it kind of went how most starts last season went for Kyle Hendricks. That's the best way I'm going to put it. Um, the, the Mets got to him is what I'll say as I pull up his game log. Four and a thirds, six hits, five runs, three earned, two walks, five Ks. So any interest in Kyle Hendricks? Awful, awful generous of you to put Kyle Hendricks on the rundown. Um, oh, I I I'm being sarcastic. Did I miss something? No, no. It's just I don't, I don't think he's really fantasy relevant. Okay. I thought there was an inside joke. Like, what, what? No, no, no. <laughs> it was just, you know, talk about Kyle Hendricks. But, yeah, no, I, I don't know. You need you need that like magic, that command, whatever Kyle, that mojo, whatever Kyle Hendricks had for those few years where he outpitched his peripherals uh, for so long. Um, I just I don't think that's coming back. The way the ball is this year, like pitch to contact guys, it's just it's just not for me. In um, like the five Ks that Hendricks had today, um, 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's his max uh, for for the season. So no, I'm not I'm not interested. Like maybe as a streamer in uh in a very good matchup, but that's about it. There's some uh even streamers like if you don't get strikeouts like that, there's just it's almost like you'd it rather have you. a middle reliever in and get more K's and two or three innings of of shutout ball. So hundred percent. Uh, another note that you added to the uh, line, which is a good one. Cleveland Guardians rotation is about to get yeah. real interesting real quick. I know we've talked about it, like kind of whispered about it. You know, Tanner Bybee comes up. Logan Allen comes up. Sweet, sweet. Now Hunter Gaddis is filling in when, when Battenfield got hurt. Um, McKenzie's making another rehab start. It could be his last. If everything goes well, he's supposed to return Tuesday, Wednesday-ish for Cleveland. Uh, you got uh, Aaron Savale, who's supposed to be back pretty soon as well. We already know Cal Quantrill has been a mess. I have my thoughts on how this should play out. I don't know if it will play out, but how do you assess this Cleveland situation that all of a sudden has too many starting pitchers? Yeah, I mean, we knew this was coming, right? Like, we talked about this when Bybee was brought up, when Logan Allen was brought up. We just wasn't – we weren't sure exactly when. There are pretty much six guys for five spots, the way I see it. I don't really think – I mean, you mentioned, like, Battenfield – Hunter Gaddis is pitching this weekend. I think that's that's very much temporary. I don't see those guys as as rotation pieces. But you've got six guys. You've got Shane Bieber. You've got Logan Allen. You've got Quantrill. You've got Bybee. You've got McKenzie. And you've got Savali. So, like, what should the Guardians do? Like, I think Cal Quantrill needs to be the odd man out there. And I, I actually think that's my guess as to what will happen because Cleveland already – kind of showed that they did the right thing, moving Plesak out of the rotation. He's no longer a factor. Um, I just hope it's, I hope it's Quantrill out and Savali McKenzie um, in. I just, you know, Cy Savali, Bloomboard's Bloomboard's legend, uh, needs, needs some, needs some run. So that's what I hope happens. Um, I would be, I'd be shocked if it was Bybee out. I think he's, he's there. Logan Allen has pitched okay he kind of I, I saw you and uh i think ben tid were talking on twitter it was just a rough start this week when logan allen was cruising through six and then yep. went out for the seventh and wasn't that great but um i think logan allen's safe which isn't yeah. that the worst like when they come back out yeah like i'm working and i see oh six strong sweet and i come back to my phone I'm like what just happened what just happened like please tell me he got taken out it's um, the anti jp sears that we had this yes season. Man, yeah, we don't want to get into that. That's that was another, a, that's another yeah. that's another sore subject right now. Um, but yeah, this uh this I don't know. Is what do you think? I mean, you think you think they'll uh, move Quantrill out? I I, I mean, think so. Just, I, things well, aren't the, trending well for him. No, the two options. It's either Quantrill because he still has two options. It's funny, Bieber technically has two options as well, and he's been garbage, but uh Quantrill will be the one to go. And I'm there's no way Bieber's the one to go. I'm not stupid. But uh Quantrill should go to AAA with uh Plesak. That should be where he should end up. I've also heard rumors though. Uh, just through Twitter rumors, of course. Um, they might put Savali in the bullpen. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck for Sai Savali, of course. Um, Savali's better than Quantrill, and we can all agree upon that. That's pretty clear. So I don't know why they would want to do that, except maybe give more depth to their bullpen, because you do have young pitchers like Allen and Bybee, so you'll need maybe some longer relief options from time to time. So that is something to think about for the long term. But in a perfect world, Quantrill, gone. That's that's just the way it should go. We'll see, though. Like I said, McKenzie's supposed to be back uh, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Savali should be back close around then, give or take. Mm-hmm. And um, 
when you're setting your NFBC lineups on uh, Monday morning, good luck. Good luck on that. That'll be fun to see where it all slots in. I want to see Savali's still. So I was wondering, like, for Fab this weekend, Savali's 100% owned in main events, 50% in 12-teamers in NFC. That's actually a lot more than I thought. I had I dropped him in all my 12s a while back. I would have dropped him in 12s, and I I am Savali. Uh, yeah, no, and so Mike, I was with you, and he was pitching. He had a couple great starts that supported it, and then it's just like huh. in a tw- in a twelve. Nope, huh. not going to happen. So yeah, I scoop him up though in Fab this weekend. I oh. I do think like yeah, he's a target of mine. And again, I, I I mean I we, this is almost broken record territory, but like rotations, five guys will not be healthy all together at the same time for very long. So like no matter what happens, whoever's healthy will probably pitch in the rotation going forward. Um, it's just who. Who who's the next to fall? Who's the next to get hurt? I mean, Bieber. <laughs> he might be. There might be something going on beneath the surface. There, you don't wish that yeah. on anybody, but like I, I could see something happening there. I actually made a comment on uh, the Friday episode of Quickets that I already recorded because he's on Friday slate. I said Bieber's basically Alec Manoa, but he hasn't gotten blown up yet. <laughs> he's because he's pitching all kinds of contact he's not striking dudes out he just hasn't given up the runs like manoa has i said it's coming and it might be the cardinals on friday just throwing it out there that's that's a, that's a little harsh my man but hey uh, we're bold tonight this is what's happening we're making little, we're making claims we're planting flags it's a little harsh. yeah manoa's horrific like when you have a six plus era and a six plus xfip you're not pitching well. <laughs> There's just no way I around think that one. Five walks today. He pitched yeah. today or yesterday. Oh. It was today against the Rays. The Rays had their fun with him as well. So, yeah, not good. Uh, last bit of news I have. I, I will say we won't dig into it. Nolan Jones is getting called up by the Rockies again. Hopefully they play him this time. Just throwing it out there. But he's been playing well in AAA. The one I wanted to discuss, though, is Jake McCarthy. He's coming back to Arizona. This is a fun one because um, uh, Fletcher played well. Played well in his time, kind of started to slow down of late. Um, McCarthy got sent down to AAA on May or April 27th. He's been down there for 22 games. He's hit 333 with nine extra base hits, including four homers, 17 runs scored, 17 RBIs, 11 walks, which is good to see, and uh, four stolen bases. So four homers and four steals, hitting 333 over 22 games. That's called get your mind right. And I'm I'm thinking this is a great spot to uh, come back. He gets the Angels this week, and he gets Chris Sale on Friday night. He might not even start with the lefty-lefty uh, yeah, situation. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised if he's starting. 100%. That, but we, we're we going to get some um, McCarthy this weekend. And again, and we actually have the page up because we'll use it for our game. In 12s, at least, uh, Jake McCarthy is only 19% rostered. So hmm. have fun, folks. That would be a guy I would look to target this weekend. Any thoughts on that situation? Yeah, no, especially if you need bags. I mean, you you don't need to be that old to remember what Jake McCarthy did in the second half last year with a pretty much game-changing stolen base total. Um, I still think playing time is going to be a little bit of an issue, so we alluded to like the Chris Sale thing. I don't think Jake McCarthy plays against lefties. I mean, it's still somewhat crowded there. Like you've got you've got lefty Paven Smith in right field. You've got Corbin Carroll, who's obviously not going anywhere. You've got Lourdes Gurriel, who what a rebound. He's he's Thank not you, going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so you've got like four outfielders and and Paven Smith and McCarthy are the same head in this. Like, I, I don't know. I guess I mean Ross Resource has Evan Longoria as a DH, but I don't know. Um, so maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm a little too maybe I'm overplaying it and uh, McCarthy will 
play regularly, but I still lefties was an issue last year. So um, I don't know, but I still like you, you made some really good points about how he has looked in triple a um, I think like a 9% barrel rate, 12% K rate. Like that's a, that's a pretty damn good combo in triple a. Yeah. So maybe it was just something where he needed to get right. And now he's back and it's McCarthy time. So um, I'd be very interested in, in 12 teamers again, especially if you, if you need those bags. Yeah, and I'd say with uh, the like before McCarthy was sent down, Pavin was kind of a DH rotation uh, platoon with Longoria, so I could see that coming back to if McCarthy's performing, yeah. Pavin Smith is not stopping him. Let's put it that way. That's maybe right. maybe I like Pavin Smith too much. <laughs> I like there's him too. always Trust some guys me. who like yeah, you're just stuck to him for some un- unknown reason. You're just, exactly. Yes. What's he? What's Pavin Smith doing? Pavin Smith's good, man. He's been good. Uh, no, he's, he has been good. There's no denying that. It's just. Yeah, I know what you're saying though about the certain guys. <laughs> just they just keep popping up. Yeah. Um, last last thing I'll say, and we don't need to go into this at all, is people, Michael Conforto, he's healthy and it's glorious. That's all I'm gonna say. It's absolutely amazing to watch a healthy Michael Conforto once again. Uh that's my giant bias for the evening. But um, yeah, he's rostered everywhere. So don't even don't even think about that Sa- one. Saved saved your giants from the claws of defeat by Julio Tehran of all pitchers. <laughs> I literally I kind of I took like a th- I couldn't believe that. Nap. I listened I took like to your a 20 minute nap on my couch and I woke up and it was the fifth inning. And I'm like, how is it still zero zero? He was what cruising. Are we doing? Yeah. It's like, like, what are we doing? Like, legitimately, I think he had like four K's, one walk through five innings. I was, he's throwing his change up beautifully, like located it like outside the zone, getting chases. I was like, what the heck is going on right now? Is this, he like, is this, this 2018? Signed, like, he had, he had not officially signed until like, a couple days today. ago, today, <laughs> like a couple hours ago. Yeah, it was like they, the, the rumor was a couple days ago. They made it official, like right before the game. It was like, what in the world? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I my jaw dropped when I heard you saying Julio Tehran is pitching today. Yep, it's happening. Well, let's get your but jaw yes, to... uh, Conforto. Yes, uh, I just want to bring him that's, up. That's worthy of a shout out, given given where he's been injury wise. His month of May is ridiculous. Uh, real quick, though, to make your jaw drop again, do you want to recap last week's uh, weekly matchups? Maybe give the scoreboard update by chance? No. <laughs> uh, but I will because I'm a, I'm a professional. Consummate pro. You um, you nuked me. You nuked me on the pitching side. Brandon Belock, that, that was a call. That was a call, man. Uh, I think nine strikeouts yep. last week. Got you 13 points. And again, we're uh, we're taking one pitcher, one hitter each, each weekend. Innings plus K's minus earn runs. So B-Lock, uh, I don't know, went like five or six innings, gave up a couple runs, but the nine K's were huge. Carlos Carrasco, I think I texted you the picture. I think yep. he gave up three <laughs> runs before he got his second out. Yeah. So we were quickly trending into... Um, Jose Suarez territory from a couple of weeks ago, but Carrasco did somewhat rebound and, and get me positive points, but it was nowhere near on the pitching side. And actually Carrasco tonight, we were just talking about uh, Kyle Hendricks. The, the other side of that matchup Carrasco was Carrasco well. and pitched pretty yep. well tonight uh, yep. for what it's worth, but that doesn't count in the game. So he beat me on the pitcher side, hitter side, your, your Gavin sheets part two. Went exactly the same as part one, got to three points, but it was uh, again enough to beat my two points from Oswaldo Cabrera. So, season long update, Bubba, you're up nine to four, um, slipping away a little bit. I gotta, gotta get some sweeps here. 
Yeah, this is going to be really painful when it's the final week of the season and we're tied up. I can already see this one coming, so I'm going to enjoy it while I can. Um, this week's a fun one because last week we kind of joked about the pitching was just horrific. Like there were like not very many options at all, period. Uh, and there's always a handful of hitting options, and that's kind of to the landscape of what we have going on. There was at least – I wrote down at least three pitching options I could have went with this week, which is nice. Tons of hitters. Um, would you like to talk about the match, the best matchups of the week real quick? Um, yeah, sure. So like, and we use the HQ hitter report for this, but there's a couple there's So there's course. I mean, that's always a course check. I think this is the first full week, full week yep. of course. So we're getting the, uh, the back half of that. Um, and so the Mets are in course. Atlanta gets Atlanta and Philly is a big series. Uh, HQ, it's funny, like Atlanta has the easiest matchups and Philly has the toughest. So, wonder how that's going to shake out. But Atlanta gets three Philly righties. I think it's yeah, uh, Ty, yeah, it's Taiwan Walker, Zach Wheeler, and Dylan Covey. So, like, I almost picked Eddie Rosario this week. He was, and, he was any, on my list. He was on my yeah, list. I mean, <laughs> any Braves lefty, I, I think Rosario is the only like platoon lefty that they have, but I think Eddie Rosario is a great play and any Atlanta lefty uh, against that crew this weekend is good. Um, San Diego lefties, and this will lean into my pick. San Diego lefties face three righties um, at New York at Yankee stadium. And so you get the short porch. You also get seems to happen every week where I pull up the rotowire grid and I see R. Vasquez, and I don't even know who that is. Uh, just he's a rookie I think he's making his debut. Yep, 24-year-old. Um, horrible ratios. Um, he walks a lot of guys, He, but he has a hell of a curveball and can get strikeouts. That's about it. Okay. That's what I got out of him on my little report I read earlier. So you've got Vasquez and then Severino Cole. So, like, I don't know, actually – Cole hasn't been all that lately, yeah. um, but any kind of San Diego lefty, especially with that within that park, is pretty good. So I actually went with uh, to segue that I went with Matt Carpenter this week for that reason. I think he'll. I mean, Carpenter is playing every single day against right-handed pitching, and you throw that short porch on top of it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, be better than Are you Joey pretty, Weimer and uh, be pretty pumped on this one. Oswaldo <laughs> Cabrera. I feel pretty good about this one. I do. <laughs> Much well, better than last week. If uh, the listeners last week, I was not confident yeah, at all. I actually true. just ran out of time and picked Carrasco. So uh, I don't know. We're good. We're good. Um, my hitter, my hitter for the week. Uh, Washington Nationals have a decent schedule against Kansas City. They get Lyles, Springer, and then potentially Daniel Lynch, who's actually been pitching really well in AAA. Uh, we've but we've seen that story before, so I'm looking forward to seeing how it transitions to the bigs. But I went with Heimer Candelario. He's been hitting second for the Nats. He's a switch hitter, and he's been hitting pretty darn well. Um, he actually had a double on uh, on Thursday in their day game. But if you just look at the month of May, he's hitting almost 290 with nine or 10 extra base hits, striking out about 17.5% of the time, a lot of multi-hit games. Um, so I'll take my chances with Mr. C- the Candyman, Heimer Candelario. And he's also walking about 7.5% of the time. So, yeah, I went with Candelario. In this one, I, I was looking for a guy that was towards the top of the lineup that should, unless he's just getting a random day off, play all three games. Mm-hmm. And I love anybody that can face Brady Singer. So that's a positive. Andy man, like I actually, I, I have him on a lot of drafting holds. I have him in tout words. He's just one of those guys where like mm-hmm. not sexy, but he plays every day. The team isn't that great, but like he quietly, I mean, hitting 260, six homers, eight barrels, like 
doing his thing. Actually pretty good. Yep, he's doing his thing. Uh, pitching side of things, I'll lead the way here. Uh, I was actually surprised he Ooh. was available to pick this week. Yeah, Big, big Vinny V, Vinny Velasquez, and I triple-checked the roster rates on this one. He is 22% rostered in 12 teams leagues because he was on the IL. Uh, he had a good rehab start recently. He's pitching Sunday against the Seattle Mariners. Um, and Vinny V, before the start he left early against Tampa Bay with an injury, it was six shutouts, seven shutouts six or three earned six shutouts six or more or five or more k's in all of those starts uh now i guess the seattle mariners team who can be potent from time to time but more often than not lately they're scoring like two or three runs striking out a decent amount of times so i'm going Vinny v i feel confident in this one so that means he's getting destroyed on sunday like most of these picks each week it's like okay just survive i actually like this pick a lot and i just it's gonna end poorly i can tell he definitely slipped off my radar. I, I just can't get, I mean, we talked about, I talked about Paven Smith, someone who I think is better than he actually is. It's the other way with Vinny V, man. Yeah. Uh, God, but I don't know. Um, Hunter Gaddis for me, we kind of alluded to him earlier. I think this is his, his, his swan song in the Cleveland rotation, at least for now. Um, but four K's his last start against the white Sox, six scoreless. So there is that, um, in the majors, kind of funny. Like, there's a big minor league, major league split with Hunter Gaddis. Misses a ton of bats, gets K's in the minors, just hasn't translated in the majors yet. I mean, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunity to do so. Um, but pitching well goes against St. Louis, which is, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 they, they do pretty well against right handers. So there is that. Unless I'm streaming St. Louis lefties, I streamed who did I stream this week? Burleson. Yeah. in a lot of leagues and has done nothing so that's that, been a but... trend lately by the way i'll just mention when i talked with curlin earlier in the weeks it was like a week ago it was the jake bowers week because of all the righties that yankees are facing and he does nothing yeah um, didn't do anything there's been a few guys like, i did the nick prado mike massey thing because they had a they actually were playing well had great matchups very limited production it was just kind of a you can do the right process, like the whole Roto, Roto uh, wear t-shirt process over results. <laughs> it was definitely the right process. Results, not so much. So. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Owen Miller is the counterpoint to that yep. this week, who's absolutely mashing. But, um, yeah. I don't know. That, Friday, that's life, life of a streamer. Yep, life of a streamer. But yeah, it'll be fun. I like Gaddis a lot. I've picked him up a couple times earlier in the year, and he was for streaming options. I, uh, I think he's a good one, and honestly, I'd rather have him than Cal Quantrill if I'm the Cleveland Guardians. So... Um, keep yeah. that one. We'll see yeah. how that goes. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance because you'll feel protected no matter how the wind blows. Also, you can keep enjoying the home of your dreams. And our expert agents can help you save up to 23% when you bundle home with auto. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. All right, Bloom Board's time. Let's have some fun here. Another good one. And I it was funny, Ryan sends the Bloom Board, and I'm like, look, I'm like, huh, this is different than usual. And I look at it some more, I'm like, this is actually pretty fun because some of them, it's like, there's information that's kind of like an obvious why type situation. This one's not it. This one just makes you look more, which is what these are for, which is really good. And so it's two boards, fly ball and then ground ball gainers from last year to this year, obviously. So some guys that are hitting more fly balls, some guys that are hitting more ground balls, some with some pretty severe differences. He also included exit velocity on the chart, but um, I'll let you kind of lead in with this and then we'll start talking players. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, this one, this one's interesting because just because there's nuance to this and it's, I think it's pretty fun to talk about. So we talk about like launch angle changes all the time. And it's like, to me, sometimes a launch angle change is like just always signifying a good thing. And that's not always the case. Like you've got different profiles of hitters. You got speedsters, you got power hitters, you got guys who are hitting the ball hard, not hitting the ball hard. You don't want Victor Robles, I'm just pulling examples. You don't want a launch angle improvement or a launch angle gain from Victor Robles. You want someone like that to hit the ball on the ground. Um, One guy, and we just, we just pulled the, the board up for the viewers, um, like an Adelise Garcia who just hits the crap out of the ball. That is someone who obviously you don't want hitting ground balls. And so like to see Adelise Garcia on here, go from 40% fly ball rate, to 47 percent and that's why i have exit velocity on here is if you pair that with hard contact that's when you really get the gains it's it's not just hitting more fly balls uh fly balls have like by far the worst chance of being a hit compared to ground balls line drives Um, you got to do something with it so um that's just kind of one of my things is like i hear you know launch angle higher launch angle um sometimes that's not a good thing and so it just kind of depends on on which hitter. So what, what we did for this board and I tweeted out before the show, but again on, on YouTube or on, on Twitter, when we're streaming this, you can kind of look through it with us is uh, I took the top 12 gainers in fly ball rate and the top 12 uh, gainers in ground ball rate. And then through kind of color coded exit velocity, just to see who's hitting the ball hard and who's not to kind of go from there. And then I, I guess the last thing that I'd say is a lot of times these, Fly ball, ground ball change, especially to this degree, does signify like a change in approach for a hitter. And I think with those types of things, you can trust a little bit more of the results of what we're seeing so far this year because it is a, a change in approach. So um, it's kind of the last piece that I uh, that I have there. It's a fun one, I think. It is a fun one. And it's the first thing that stands out to me. And this has been a trend on a lot of your, especially hitting boards so far this year. And it makes sense because they're the best team in baseball. Yes. But the fly ball yeah. trends, the Tampa Bay Rays, Christian Bethencourt, Brandon Lau, uh, Randy Rosarena. So three of basically like your top seven. Three of the top. Types, eight. Yep. I'm just, yeah. Like yep. our Tampa Bay Rays. That's been, a, I can't remember the other ones we did, but that's been a trend with the Rays on some of these boards, which checks out, like you said, with production. 
And I'll just kind of group them together. And if you want to break them down, you can. But like you got Betancourt, 35 to 45% fly ball, but a 92.4% exit velo. Brandon Lau, 41 to 51, 91.2%. And then the man, you know, the MVP, Randy Rosarena, 33 to 41. I just 90. I just look for excuses to put the Randy man on here I, for you. I don't even pay Ryan to do That's this. He boy. just throws Randy on the boards for me because it's like my dude that is crushing everything right now. Another stolen base on Thursday. Um, and he's hitting an almost 93% uh, exit velo, or anything mile per hour exit velo, sorry. So I, I don't know if you want to, like, we don't have to dive into all of them if you want. I think the Lau one's interesting, though, because his production is not great. Like, the power's there, but the batting average isn't. We're like Betancourt, especially as a catcher, too totally great like really good um randy I, I say it sarcastically but he is one of the mvp candidates at this point in time it's legit um they're both being really good so i, I guess it's like a yin and a yang at the same time like you have two doing really really good stuff you have brandon Lau, who the power is there which you'd expect seeing this the fly ball and the the exit velocity but the overall production is not there for brandon Lau. yeah and that's where like like i said with nuance and that sort of thing so a higher fly ball rate with the quality of contact the hard contact that brandon Lau is making like i'm not surprised he has already matched last season's home run total and 100 fewer plate appearances however yeah. it's a 51 percent fly ball rate uh that's extreme even if you are like a semi power hitter I, i'd say brandon Lau's a power hitter i guess i'd call him a power um, hitter, yeah. yeah that that's still pretty extreme in terms of like batting average, that's not going to help. But the big thing with Brandon Lau is the K rate. The K rate's right back to where it was before 2022, which is not a good thing. Brandon Lau striking out 29% of the time. So you take a, a basically a 30% K rate and a 50% fly ball rate. Boom. That, that's that's why you have a what's he hitting 200 he's right at 200 yeah. and so and that's also why like you say i mean you can say yes brandon Lau is a 233 babbit he's been unlucky whatever um that's kind of why he has a 233 babbit you have a little babbit when you hit 50 fly balls exactly that's just how it goes so um again and 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 maybe like for the Rays, I mean Brandon Lau gets on base a lot, so he has a really good walk rate. Like maybe the Rays don't I, mean, I know the Rays don't care about batting average. If the OBP is there and the power is there, like I I'm sure they're they're totally happy with Brandon Lau making this change. Um Christian Bethencourt, I do want to highlight for a little bit, just because like I don't think he gets much pub, man, but like he, he is especially a catcher, like yep. I mean, these are some of the best skills of any catcher in baseball. And I feel like he does not get talked about that much. Um, the big thing with Bethencourt, he's on the board because his fly ball rate went from 35 to 45% with a 92 mile an hour exit velocity, like an elite exit velocity. So you again, you pair that and 45% fly ball isn't, it's high, but it's not like crazy. So um, he hasn't gone totally overboard with it, still hitting excellent contact the, the the plate skills are there like he is i don't know i think really underrated as a catcher yeah i'm with you i know uh, early in the preseason because of all my ridiculous catcher work i talked about him a lot because when he was with <laughs> when he was with oakland he played for space a lot came over to tampa bay caught a lot and people are like trying to figure out how he would play and i'm like tampa loves him as a catcher he's actually going to play more than you think and um he was productive last year at 252 at 11 homers and uh, I believe it was five stolen bases. Yeah, five stolen bases. He hasn't even stole a base this year. But, like, digging in deeper, 
he had a better max EV last year than this year. So there might be another level or just because of the launch angle change, it's affecting the total quality. Who knows? Still very good quality because his barrel rates up 4% from last year. His hard hit rates up seven and a half percent from last year. So he's doing all these things well. His bat ups down, obviously, like we talked about because he's in more fly balls. So that's limiting that situation of it. But as a whole, he's a really good hitter. I know like Yancey Eaton and I joked one day because a lot of like Yancey Eaton's teams, not just being a homer, he has Jonah Heim and Betancourt as his two catchers. And yeah, those that'll play. Those two guys were both my catcher two targets. Like I have if you look at a lot of my rosters, I have a ton of Jonah Heim. He was my most, most rostered player actually in all the NFBC leagues after draft time. Um, if I couldn't get Heim, I wanted Betancourt. Like that was where I was leaning on things. It's nice when it plays out like this, obviously. We could have a whole other conversation where at other positions where it didn't play out like this. But I agree with you. It was kind of interesting because where I'm going with this is you said not enough people are talking about him where I was like, the writing was kind of on the wall for at least a productive catcher too. And it wasn't talked about enough. I'm hundred percent with you. And um, I probably didn't talk about it enough. Like I should have. So it's interesting to see the development he's making to see where it keeps changing. And if it can it sustain. Been, yeah. yeah. It might've been playing time related too. Like I, I maybe I, well, I'm trying to think back like maybe because with Mejia there, maybe I, oh, that's I what a lot of it was secondary yeah. catcher, but. But, yeah. yeah, it's working out so far. A lot can change, especially at catchers. Guys, production diminishes as the season goes on, so on and so forth. So we'll see. Uh, the next guy I wanted to bring up, though, because I've been just infatuated with so many former like top prospect guys that have flailed that have turned it on this season. And a lot of it's been health with Nick Senzel throughout his career. But even when he's been healthy, it's kind of been lackluster performance from what you expect from him, from the you know the hype train that he was on. And he's a guy that the, the fly ball rate's gone from 31 to 41% over the last year. Hard hit rates at 80, or Exavilo, sorry, 87.9 per, uh, miles per hour, which is very strong. And so far, he's hitting 256 with four homers and four stolen bases. That might not sound great, but he's striking out less than 20% of the time. And he's just uh, looks like a healthy, different ball player right now. So when you look at Nixon Zell, does anything stand out to you when you see this, this change at the plate? Um, no, I mean, you covered it pretty well. To be able to again not sell out for it, uh, like like we were talking about Brandon Lau, you can you can hit more fly balls with decent power. I mean the the exit velo is is okay for Senzel, but in that park, fly balls do some damage at, at, at small parks. So um, the other big thing with Senzel, I know this isn't this board related, but four out of five stolen bases. Yep. Again, just kind of you get that green light for someone who with Senzel's injury history. It's just a really good sign that he's healthy and and um, the post type prospect thing is is a real thing. No matter how kind of far we are in someone's career, uh, Nick Senzel was I think what drafted number two overall was a top ten fantasy prospect for quite some time for a reason. Um, it's just been, it's been so derailed by injury. So I I hope for his sake it uh, keeps going. But everything checks out really well under the hood for Senzel um, in that park. The the power. The power I don't fully believe in, but in that park, fly balls can work. So yep. he could. Okay, I might be getting too bold with this. Yeah, with you've, been, that, you've been bold all night. Let's with, go. With that ballpark, that's the caveat. He could have a Brandon Drury type performance. I'll say that much because Drury's a guy we didn't expect a ton of power from either. But I could see a similar approach in that regard. So I kind of wanted to like not go crazy crazy with it but i wouldn't be shocked if you saw 15 ish to 20 home runs potentially by the end of the year with a 15 20 steals that could be a yeah. pretty pretty solid go yeah i mean drury did have like 
41 barrels last year. Synth yeah. only has five so far. Yeah, that, that like, so me. yeah, maybe that's a good, it, it's a decent comp though. It's, it's Drury with maybe not as many bombs, but, uh, but more bad prize performance, maybe something along those lines. Yep. Uh, this one's for little cheesecake himself. Art, Art uh, Tarnabin. Hey. Sorry, I screwed up. Art, I apologize. I love you, bud. Um, he says he loves seeing Jorge Soler healthy and mashing. That was the next guy I wanted to mention here. Uh, 40 to 49% change in fly ball, 91.2% or mile, he's 91.2 mile per hour X velocity. He had his 15th home run of the season on um, on Thursday in Coors Field of all places, but he's hitting 261 on the year, which obviously, if you know Jorge Soler, nuts. Uh, 24% K rate, 15 homers. Month of May has been very, very good for Jorge Soler. Soler was a guy a couple years ago was struggling. Everyone looked at his stat cast numbers like, he's due, he's due, he's due. And then he's crushed when he went to Atlanta. He had some down seasons. Uh, the one last thing I thought was a cool caveat, I took a, picture, uh, a screenshot from Twitter, and then it's all yours after this. Um, I want to tell you this stat because it blew me away. So on this I know, season. I know, yeah, I know. I think I know where you're going with it. 2023, at bats – for home run versus left-handed pitching, Jorge Soler leads the history of Major League Baseball per season at 4.6 at-bats per home run versus lefty. So if he has a five-at-bat game versus a lefty, he's hitting a home run. Just put that in mind. It's like better than 20% of the time he's going deep versus a lefty. Um, the the next four people on that list was McGuire in 95. I don't know if you remember that year. I think it was a, pretty, a lot of home runs that season. Uh, Bagwell in 94, a lot of home runs that season too. That, that, that took place. Barry Bonds in 20, 2002, I think he hit a bunch of home runs that season. And then Marcelo Zuna somehow checks the list here. But uh, that's the top five in the history of Major League Baseball versus left-handed pitching. Corey Slayer leads in 2023. So I'm going to leave it at that. What do you think about the gains? Um, yeah, that's wild. I mean, we knew we knew Soler has Love the lefties. raw power. <laughs> like, but to pair that with What's the what's the fly ball rate? I, I got I got distracted. Um, it's forty to forty nine percent change. Forty to forty nine. So someone like forty nine again is a lot, but Soler is like I would say like a superpower hitter. I mean, this is a guy who has hit almost fifty home runs in a season. Um, so to see him do this is is pretty wild. And you you know you're not getting batting average with Jorge Soler, but the strikeout rate. 25 percent like it's not great but for him it's pretty it's, good for him it's decent if you do a 25 percent k rate with that power um he could hit 240 250 and you pair that with someone who i think legitimately has 40 45 home run power um he's gonna play miami i mean who, who else are they gonna throw out there so it's looking really good for Soler. um this fly ball change, I think, kind of proves that, and 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 at least hints that this can, this can keep going for some time. He has an after today's game in Coors, he has a two ninety nine ISO on the season. That is just yeah, insanity, that's... insanity. Um, and he's playing against right handers. Like, oh, he's playing against both sides. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, it's just it's he's not... like God against lefties. Yeah, like, and it's funny because you know you hear certain people always say. You can't use batter versus pitcher. Splits don't matter. I'm I'm sorry, but if I see that number, splits matter at some point. Like <laughs> that matters to me. Um, and then I I said his May has been very good. This is where doing DFS uh, comes in handy, seeing these kind of splits. But his, his month of May, he's hitting 286 with 10 home runs, 
um, just destroying baseballs. It's insane what uh, Jorge Soler is doing right now. And still only 31 years old. I would have guessed. Much older. Would have guessed higher. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So like he's been here for a long, long time. Yeah. A guy that a guy that is older. He'll be 33 later this year. Uh, I want to take us to a negative one for a second. Is Chris Taylor? Just want to bring him up. Mm-hmm. He's gone from 43% fly ball to 54% fly ball, 87.5 mile per hour exit velocity. This is a guy striking out almost 37% of the time. Uh, he's hitting at 191, seven homers and four steals. What do you got on Chris Taylor? It's been it's been brutal. Yeah, this is what you don't want to see going from a yeah 43 to 54% fly ball rate. Uh, I've I've made the Ryan Shimp sh- joke in the past. This is this is almost to that territory. But again, you pair those fly balls with the K rate. The K rate's just absolutely brutal, and he's not making at least this season. Chris Taylor has had some pop in the past. I've actually kind of liked him for just some power, speed, and position eligibility but this season with that 87.5 mile an hour exit velo like you cannot hit the ball that that lightly that often in the air so like it's it's good i'm glad you brought up a couple negative guys because the top two guys on this list are jace peterson and chris taylor and it's like man is this really a list you want to be on it all depends on how hard you hit the ball uh charlie blackman is another one who like Going from thirty-four percent fly ball to forty-two percent with uh, with the the lack of quality in his contact, that's not something I really want to see either. No, uh, I'm going to move to the ground ball side of things because I don't think we need to talk about Josh Josh Naylor again. Like we all know how we feel on Josh Naylor around these parts, but the improvements have been good to see. Um, let's go to the ground ball side of things, and this is where it gets really interesting to me because. Um, you look at guys that may be declining in power, but their batting average could be going up because they're putting the ball on the ground more. So the BABIP could be going up, which we kind of talked about the re- the opposite taking place with fly balls. So I'm going to put my Homer hat on right off the gate here. And we're going to go with Lamont Wade Jr. Because I've been talking <laughs> about him a lot lately. He was a guy that two years ago when the Giants made their crazy postseason run was outstanding. You know, 253, 18 homers, six steals. Last year was horrific, 207. Uh, eight homers, one steal, but he saw his BABIP drop 55%, basically. Well, that BABIP's back up to 296, which is above his 2021 season. He's hitting 260. Uh, he's actually after tonight where he had uh, three more hits. I think he had he's, three hits tonight, yeah. yeah. He's 277 with seven homers and two steals. He stole a bag tonight as well. He's also walking almost 19% while striking out 17%. You throw that out there. He's a big OBP guy. That's why he's leading off. But what he's doing with the bloom board, you can see here, um, ground ball rate from 32 to 43 percent, 88 mile per hour, uh, exit velocity. So he's making it a point to not hit it in the air so much, hit it more on the ground, and being a really good leadoff hitter. So, this is one of those where I think it was a beneficial thing for Lamont Wade. But what do you have when you're looking at him? I agree. I think this is more just Lamont Wade, like uh, Lamont went a little overboard last year with it, yep. <laughs> with the with the 50 percent fly ball rate. Um, you just want to see that a little bit more like mellowed out a little bit more average because Lamont Wade, I mean, he's got some pop, but he's, he's not a Jorge Soler. He's not someone you want hitting the ball in the air 50% of the time. So this is a lot better version of, of Lamont Wade, especially like you said, Bubba leading off with walking almost one fifth of the time. Like, um, I, I do wish he would steal a little bit more. I think yep. I mean, he did get the steal today. He's got, I think that's his second on the, second yeah 
on the season. So you want to see a little bit more of that from a fantasy standpoint. But uh, this is a change that's really good because he's still, I mean, he's still hitting for some power with the seven homers, 176 plate appearances. Um, and it's just, again, like I said, kind of normalizing out that flaw race. So it's not so extreme. This is a, it's a much better uh, spot for Wade to be in with the 43% ground ball, 38% fly ball. It's much more normal. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. It's a, one of the good ones here. Let's look at this name, though, because I know it's a guy we both had a lot of shares of last year until he got hurt. Uh, Tim Anderson, mm, 55% yeah. ground ball rate, up to 66, almost two-thirds of the time he's hitting the ball on the ground. If you want to play Ryan's other game, he's striking out 19% of the time. So you want to do some more quick math on that one. Like 85-ish, I'm just quick on top of 85% of the time, it's a ground ball or a strikeout. Less than ideal for a guy that's hitting 244 on the season with zero home runs and six stolen bases. So what is your takeaway when looking at Tim Anderson? Cause this is not pretty. Well, that's why he's got zero home runs. I mean, that, that is, that is the answer. Um, I actually, I think Tim Anderson is going to be fine. I, I worry a little, like, I don't think anyone can really hold a 66% ground. Like that's actually really hard to do. Um, Tim Anderson has been hurt and only has 130 at bats. I think the cutoff I used for this was 100. So he's pretty close to that minimum cutoff where it's still kind of noisy. Maybe, maybe this is my Paven Smith syndrome again. Maybe I'm just, I just love Tim Anderson too much. Um, but from what I see, like the contact is the same as it's carries up a little bit, but more or less the same. He's running. He's, he's got six steals, six for seven, a few more before he got hurt. But, um, I don't know. I think it'll even out a little bit. the The exit velo is is pretty good, actually. Eighty nine for 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 Tim Anderson. That's not bad. So I'm not too worried. The only problem with Tim Anderson is like you know he's going to get hurt again. Yep. <laughs> so you need when you drafted Tim Anderson, you knew he he was going to get hurt. You just you also knew or you thought you knew you'd get Tim Anderson production while he was healthy, and we're missing out on that right now. And that's uh, that's tough. Yeah, that's the struggle bus right there. Is he's healthy now and he's not producing, and you're not mm-hmm. sitting him, so it's it's yep. a rough spot on your on your roster right now. Let's talk Josh Bell, fifty percent ground ball rate to sixty percent. He's a guy we, we already talked about even in preseason. He hits it on the the ground too much, but it's like if he manages here, he's been successful in the fifty percent range. Now he's up to ten percent, and he still has a ninety point two mile per hour exit velo, which is, is is not bad at all. But three home runs on the season. He's hitting two twenty six. Uh, when you look at his stat cast numbers, the barrel rate's the same as last season. Hard hit rate's actually better than last season. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is literally like a, a small tweak away, I think, from a potential buy low on Josh Bell, if I'm wrong. That's the thing, man. It's so frustrating is like he does make hard contact. I mean, he and he can if he, if he well, I shouldn't say if he wants to. It's not just like you flip a switch and you start hitting the ball in the air. Uh, but the hard contact is there. And I mean, breaking news, you need to hit it hard and in the air to hit a home run. One of those two is a lot harder to do, and that's make consistently hard contact. And Josh Bell's doing that. So I do think it is like a tweak away situation where Josh Bell could, I'm not going to say like break out or whatever, but can he hit, I don't know, 260 with 20 home runs? Like that, that would play. Uh, But you can't, you cannot hit the ball 60% of the time in the ground. Like that is absolutely brutal. The other part of this is Cleveland, man. Cleveland has been. Do you know how many runs Josh Bell has scored this year? 
I had it up already. You probably so have it cheat. up. I won't it's, cheat. it's in the single digits. It is yeah. seven. It's bad. Uh, seven runs, three home runs for Josh Bell. No steals, hitting 226. Uh, it's, it's really ugly. But the hard contact's there. So, like, I'm not totally giving up on him. But even in 12-teamers, man, it's hard to hard to roll with him. Let's talk about a guy that uh, I know, at least in some discords I'm in, people are frustrated with, and I tell them to calm down. It's Austin Riley. And um, this is a guy whose ground ball rate went from 38% to 47%, which for a big-time power hitter seems like a lot. 91.3 mile per hour exit velocity. He did hit two home runs on Thursday night, I will say that. But he's only hitting 264. He's got his nine homers, which is what you kind of expect. I think what people need to realize is the average you're getting now is more the Austin Riley we all expected before he had his 2021 season. Um, I think the power is still going to be just fine in the 30 home run range more often than not. But the increased ground balls obviously will affect the Honestly, with the increased ground balls, you'd almost expect because his BABIP's pretty darn high. It's 328. You'd expect a better batting average, honestly. So when yeah. looking at a guy like Austin Riley, his barrel rate has dropped tremendously. That could correlate to the ground balls. Um, yep. what, what are you looking at with Austin Riley? No, and you bring up a, so that just I want to key in on that barrel rate point. Uh, to hit a barrel, just like I said with a home run, you you need to hit it hard and then the air. So if someone's ground ball rate is way up or their fly ball rate's way down, their barrel rate is probably going to be down as well because you can't have a barrel that's a ground ball. Um, so I think that's a really important and I think you know, something I hear a lot where you're almost kind of double counting things where it's like, oh, his, his fly ball rate's down and his barrel rate is down. Well, that's correlates. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so I'm not worried about Austin Riley. Like you said, the two homers tonight, I think there's still 40 home run power there. Um, when we talked about Austin Riley, the reason I was off of him in draft season was you're getting no steals in a, in a, in a stolen base environment where, um, a zero, it hurts even more than it has over the past couple seasons. And the batting average. Like, I do think Austin Riley, given the strikeout rate that we've seen from him, is more a 260 guy where he's at right now than certainly the 300 hitter we saw two years ago. And I think even the 273 or whatever he hit last year is a little bit over his head. So um, I don't know. I think if you expect like a 260 average with uh, over a full season now of like 30, 35, I think that's still in play. Um, you just want to see, you want to see if you're ground balls from Austin Riley. That's not someone who you want to see on the ground ball list. Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to see Willie Mace Hayes on the ground ball list and not uh, Austin Riley. This name's probably Tony Kemp's on this thing. Jeez. Yeah, that's true. There's your Willie Mace Hayes. Um, well, I'm gonna there's I was gonna pick another kind of not so obvious name, but in deeper leagues, this guy has viability. That's David Peralta. Just because he's playing nearly every day for the Dodgers in the Alpha. I was looking it up. He's playing almost every single day. Um, he's gone from a 36% ground ball guy to a 52. That's the largest on this list. 90.6 mile power exit velo. It wasn't that long ago where Peralta was like a, like he even had 12 home runs last year, honestly. He's never been a massive power guy, but batting average has been his thing. He only had 251 last year, 259 the year before, but those all came with massive BABIP drops, still over 300, but compared to his huge. And this year, his BABIP's down to 234. He's hitting 209 with his increased ground ball rate. But what I wanted to bring up, is the barrel rate's down 3%. Again, you'd expect that. But his hard hit rate's up 5% from last year. So he's hitting the ball harder. He's hitting it more times on the ground. His BABIP has fallen. It's just an interesting, like, and you, and if you are an X-Stats person, his XBA is 244. His average is 209. So yeah. there could be a potential in deeper formats 
someone to keep an eye on type situation. Agreed. Yeah, he should. Uh, Peralta should not be hitting 209 the way uh, with how often he's making contact, the hard contact, and on the ground. Like, yeah, HQ's expected BA is like 250. So um, there's that. The interesting thing, and this is where you can kind of fall into the trap of comparing one year to the next. David Peralta's for most of his career has been a 50% ground ball guy. Like 2022 is actually the outlier here. Um, So it's almost like he's going back to the Peralta that we saw in Arizona, which was like a 50% ground ball rate. I think he's had a 50% ground ball rate in like six or seven seasons. This is his eighth uh, where it's been that high. So um, I think this is who David Peralta is, which again, in deep leagues, isn't a bad thing. I think you can get someone who hits 250, 260 with again, some power. And in that lineup, the, you know, other than Josh Bell yeah, in that lineup, that'll, that'll work. So yep. uh, last guy I'll mention here, just because I think we have to, he's on the list is Juan Soto, yeah, uh, 47% yeah. ground ball to 57%, 92.8 mile power exit velo. I will say, because people get frustrated, like, oh, Soto this, Soto that. He's hitting 262, nine homers, five steals. In May, he's hitting 333 with four homers and four steals. Yep. Some guys are getting going. Let's put it that way. But the increased ground balls does stand, stand out a bit. Still has the second best barrel rate of his career. Has the best hard hit rate by far of his career, 58.1%. I have zero concerns about Juan Soto at all. But the increased ground ball rate is interesting to see. I'll say that much. Yeah, and I just checked because you mentioned May and Soto has been on an absolute tear. The ground ball rate from April to May pretty much unchanged, 57 to 54%. Um, so he's still hitting a ton of ground balls on his heater. Juan Soto can basically do whatever he wants to. He can take yeah. walks, he can hit the ball on the ground, he can do whatever. Um, I'm I'm not worried about Juan Soto. And actually, I may, we'll, we'll see. It's very, very early the the number that interests me the most with Juan Soto is the number five, and that's how many steals he has yeah. this season. That was the big reason why I was off you, of Juan you Soto. I, you and I both. He's yep, a favorite for both of us. It was just like at, at the price, at, at a first-round price, he didn't even attempt a steal with San Diego last year. So I was like, ah, is he even going to – is he a zero? Uh, like we were just talking about with Austin Riley, but not the case. He's already at five, which is really good to see. So um, – and yeah, man, just just mashing right now. So it looks good. You don't you still don't want to see a 57% ground ball rate from Juan Soto. You want to see that go up a little bit. He's always going to be a ground ball guy. Um, uh, but let's let's do like 50 high 40s, yeah. not 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 Josh Bellion territory up, up yeah, in that, that, you don't want to see that. that. Just, yeah, don't go to Tim Anderson, please. Stay away from that. That don't or stop that. stop trending that direction. But uh, anybody else on either board you'd like to discuss before we uh, hit some listener questions? It's a fun board just because it kind of opens your eyes to uh, the whole p- picture of the hitter, basically. Yeah, I think uh, I think that covers it pretty well, man. A lot of the like red ground ball guys. It's a, it's a tough scene, man. Olivia yeah. Diaz, Tony Kemp, Will Myers. Um, one thing I would say, I did. I wrote a piece on, and I, I'm actually a little surprised he has not shown up in the fly ball board i did a piece for on hq about yandy diaz um who has increased his fly ball rate with some of these guys look go to fangraphs and look at their um uh, this is this is the toby special but look at their kind of rolling averages over time and see what that ground ball fly ball uh looks like yandy diaz's case 
the fly ball improvements, and I put that in quotes, was like the first two weeks of the season, and then he snapped right back to where he was. But because those first like two, three weeks were so good on the fly ball rate, the season-long number still looks pretty good. So uh, rolling graphs are your friend with this thing just to kind of see where these guys are trending within the season. That's a great call. Great call on that one. Let's take a couple listener questions on the show here. We have do, do, do. Stephen P. He asked, and this is kind of a fun one because there's some um, you know, second chance drafts coming up at NFBC. He says, a uh, question for the pod for you guys. What tools or methods do you guys uh, use once in the draft room? He's a bit late, but uh, it's been on his mind for a while. Did his first NFBC draft this year and was a bit overwhelmed in the first one. I was wondering if you guys could talk through tools, sheets, methods, etc. I remember Ryan posted two different versions of sheets he uses, so it's kind of been back in my mind for a while, but it would be great to you guys to cover it. And there are second-hand drafts coming up pretty soon, so you might need some tools again. Uh, I know, yeah. Ryan, you do some pretty pretty detailed stuff, it feels like. So what do you got? I I do, but I try to – I don't know. It's so hard to overcomplicate something. You have to think when you're in a draft, you have 50 seconds to make a pick. Um you know, once Dr. Roto snipes you and you get over that, then you really only have 30 seconds. And you got some guy barking in your ear the whole time, making fun yeah, of and it. And you got Bubba <laughs> laughing at you. So that cuts it down to about 20 seconds. You want to, there's so many numbers. We just talked about all kinds of numbers, ground ball, fly ball. I would not put those things on a draft sheet. Like keep it very simple. Um, you want obviously a ranking I, I like to actually rank, I like to sort my list, just a couple kind of quick tips. I like to sort my list by ADP just because those guys at the top are more likely to get drafted. And so they're easier to find, to just cross off your list or delete off your spreadsheet as they get picked. Um, and then you can work down that way. I always love to highlight guys. I think that's pretty common. Highlight, bold, whatever. Um, guys that are your target. So as you're working down that ADP, you can say, here's the you know, next two guys, two, three guys that I've highlighted that are more likely to be drafted than they were before. So um, there's that. The last thing I would say is, and some, most sites you can do this, but you can actually upload your rankings into the draft room ahead of time. And it just, it's just a nice safeguard. If you time out, or if you don't, you know, you're going to get someone who is, highly ranked by your rankings to, to preload the draft room with your rankings is um is really nice thing to do and nfbc does have that functionality if you have questions about that i'm happy to help you and, and show you how i did it but those are those are probably the big things simplicity is uh being being the most i might have to dust off that draft sheet man i don't know i don't know they're dangling sure, the carrot and i'm trying to stay away but then i have people like you that send me pictures of it and stuff and i've had other guys go hey there's a friday night show and i don't have my daughter this friday or something hmm I can probably do you're, for a friday you're night in draft. i was you're like in. what else am i gonna do on friday night i got waiver wire stuff i can do i can do it at the same time right so yeah, I'll probably end up jumping in something. I don't want to though. I do don't a, need I'll to. do a gladiator. I'll do a I'll probably do a glad. I, I don't want another fab league. I just I don't, don't have the time on Sundays. No, not a chance. Um, I think they're offering two only. fab leagues and one gladiator. So and no overalls, just the little league, have some fun, a little more skin in the game. Um, just the little bit I do, and I'm like the most probably simple guy you'll ever hear when it comes to this. And I think a lot of it's because I do too many podcasts and write too many things that I I do all my researching that way. And then I have my own rankings. I usually walk into a draft with 
either my rankings on my computer or if I'm in the NFBC room, I upload my rankings. That's all I use. I literally just sit there and use the draft room because like the one of the best things I think we've ever done, at least for me, is when we did those pocket podcasts, it helped mm-hmm. me so much in drafting. I already knew like what I was looking to target as we drafted. I didn't even need to be like panicking. I was like, okay, I know I need to get these type of players or these type of stats. But it it made it so much easier for me. Now, if yeah, who knows? if you're at that level, that that's yeah. Um, I will say I do add on my sheet that the number, the actual only numbers that I have on there is projected home runs, batting average, and steals. Just so I can see, like, from category wise. But in, if you're in like points leagues, you don't even, you don't even need that. I wouldn't yeah. even put projections on your draft seat. Just keep it extremely yeah. simple. Yep, 100%. Um, <laughs> first of all, this was a troll account. It still might be, but the name is Pepper My Pickle. Um, 12 team head to head, five by five. Would you prefer Cattell Marte or Miguel Vargas? They have pretty similar bad X projections for the rest of the season. I lean Cattell Marte still just because of the pedigree. He's seen long enough. Miguel Vargas has shown signs of life and then he disappears again. He's doing a, t- a massive rookie thing right now. He just hasn't settled in and he, he, he might be better, but I'm going Cattell Marte. What about you? Probably lean Marte. And I, I am not a Marte guy, but has quietly had a really good season. Yep. Um, always been a really good contact guy. That has not changed. Cattell Marte already has 13 barrels. Uh, which is really good. He's four. He's running. That was a concern of mine. Until Marte not running, he's four for four. So I, I'd go Marte, knowing that it's interesting that the bad X projection is similar because they tend to Derek tends to not be as high on rookies, um, and Miguel Vargas already being a projection similar to Marte is interesting to me. But I think for this year, I'd go Cattell Marte, and that might be the last year. I would want Marte over Miguel Vargas. I think Miguel Vargas is going to be a star. It just may not happen in 2023. Yeah, I completely agree. Like long-term, Vargas is your dude. Uh, Our buddy Corbin, Corbin Young. I'm telling you people, like I don't just say this because it's, you know, HQ stuff. He does it for other websites as well. The dude is an amazing writer. He's a brilliant mind. So like he's doing some cool, cool stuff. I'd highly recommend checking out. Uh, He says, I see several rays on the left side. And then he says, uh, this is for you, Ryan. Why is your Worf team so good? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we talked about the Rays thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Worf. Uh, so, Worf is for those not, not substantial or not, not familiar. Uh, these Earth, Earth, Earth whatever leagues. leagues. Started with your league with BARF, but yeah, it's basically Barf, regional yeah. leagues uh, for writers yeah, or Barf's analysts. BARF's Bay Area Roto Fantasy. So. Yeah, Worf is western expanse yeah so it's like it's oregon washington idaho i don't know we got we got they're the northwest it could should have been nerf but that was already the northeast so yeah you're worth yeah uh why is my worth team good i don't know i i i and this may go back to our draft prep question the worth draft was saint patrick's day night on friday (laughs) night at like i think it was eight or nine p.m so I was pretty much in the bag by the time the draft started. <laughs> Just shooting from the hip. <laughs> I took Fernando Tatis. Like, I would not take Fernando Tatis. Logically. Um, oh, man, that's but it's kind of funny. Like, I took I took more I took more risks than I normally would in a draft. It was kind of my uh my FOMO, my effort draft, whatever. 
Um, and a couple of those guys have hit. So I don't think I'm leading the league anymore, but I'm up there. So Corbin's nice. a former champ. So I'll have to pick his brain. There you go. But, but yeah, that is, yeah, that when I saw St. Patrick's night, I was a little nervous, but so far it's worked out. So far, so good. Our last question is from Robbie Lester. He goes, Tim Anderson, 66%, like basically puke emoji. He says, what does Trey Turner look like? So I had that up right here. Surprisingly, he was 42.9% last year. He's 40.4%. He has a higher fly ball rate this year. It's the infield fly balls is what I'm seeing a lot of. That stands out. He ended. He actually ended Thursday's game with an infield fly ball out. So that's his thing right now. And infield fly balls... From what I, I remember looking at this a couple years ago, it's pretty noisy. It's not as sticky oh, as, yeah. as ground ball, fly ball. Um, my little side, like I, I'm not worried about Trey Turner at all. Uh, honestly, I, I think he will be. Yes, there's been some adjustment period, new team, new contract, all that thing. I think Trey Turner will be will be fine. Yep, that sounds good to me. All right. Any final thoughts as we wrap up another episode of Bub in the Bloom, episode 58, man, moving right along. We are moving along. Uh, no, no final. I'm just, I don't know. We've been talking offline a lot, but watching a lot of golf this year. I mean, we're in this pool where uh, a lot of people in it, and I'm winning. I picked Brooks, and I was so yeah, happy last week. So I'm. It, it'll make it so much easier to pay for my golf with money like that. Yeah, yeah, if it holds, <laughs> if it holds. The golf, golf season's a little more little deeper in than than oh, baseball oh. season so we're we're almost there so yeah, you're you're you're, doing, you're you're pretty much past i'd say past the halfway point when it comes to the big boy stuff so you're doing pretty pretty good there yeah, um so. when we come back next week we'll be in june it'll be june 1st which is crazy we're two months into the baseball season still a long ways to go we'll, but, we'll uh, be recapping your gladiator draft <laughs> i'm not I'm sure say no not gonna say no maybe i'll stream it live we'll see what happens um but yeah it'd be ton, tons of fun stuff as we keep moving along here in june if you guys have future questions for your season-long fantasy baseball let us know we'll take care of you guys on the show but until next time you can find ryan on twitter at ryan bhq the podcast at bubba bloom pod i am at bd entrick this is bubba and the bloom episode 58 catch you all next time to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.